Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Red Men TV. It's the Red Men Originals podcast. I'm Steve Hall, filling in for the poorly Paul Machen. Get well soon, gaffer. I am here with Chris Pajak, <laughs> Chloe Boxham, and Steve Plunker to you. Talk about the Reds again, soz. Fun times. I can only apologise at this point. We're going to change tact a little bit, though. We're going to stop looking at like what's gone wrong, why have we got here, because we've done that to death. Maybe have a little chat about how we can fix things going forward. What can Jürgen and the coaching staff and the players do between now and the end of the season? Uh, to get things back on track. Also got a couple of other things as well. I want to speak about Jürgen in general in the second half of the show. Um, he's been a bit moody recently, basically, a little bit worried about him, so we're going to have a good old chat about the gaffer and see what he's up to as well. But before we get to it, guys, I've got a kick-off question. I'm just going to make sure I get the name right, who it's from. It was from Castiet, one of our Red Men Plus club legends. Uh, I'll start with you then, Chris. Um, what are your best coping <laughs> tips? As Chris... Two fingers up to the the toffee guys walking in. What are your <laughs> what are your coping tips? They bounced in to be fair. Yeah, like. Do you want to gay of you? What what helps you cope when the reds are crap? Basically, Castia says, "What are your coping mechanisms when the reds are crap?" I read, yeah. Generally. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, read books. Yeah. Just get get in get into something else that makes you forget about the outside. And the advantage of reading books is that you can't get on Twitter <laughs> from a book. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just a few hours reading and something like that, just trying to just not think about the Reds because they've ruined weekends, haven't they? Consistently for a little while now. At least next weekend they can't ruin, I yeah. suppose. Um, in that we play Monday night. They can ruin but, the entire week, like, but that's fine. Weeks are okay. Yeah. Weekends don't like ruining me weekends. How do you cope, Chloe? Because uh, you, you're a very intense person when when it comes to the Reds. When they when yeah. they keep losing, what do you do to cope? Do you avoid it? Do you get stuck into all like the the post match stuff? She doesn't cope. She does, or you don't cope. She doesn't. Um, I go straight upstairs to bed, sit in a pitch black room, and do not do anything. Like I just sit just there. Just pretend and think, you've got a migraine. Yeah, I just sit there with lights off, absolute silence, and just rethink the entire life. Really, um, yeah, they they depress me a hundred percent. The 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 only other thing is is. Other sports, so NFL or something, I usually like, okay, yeah, I can switch off from football, I can have a look at that. Other sports really help me, but aside from that, I either, li- I, sometimes I might read a book, but usually after really big losses, I go into my room, sit there in pitch black silence for a good hour before I can get myself back together to go and watch something else. What used to you don't know, because I've seen them be brilliant and then shit and then brilliant and now in different form again. So over that time, you kind of build up a thick skin to it. So I don't do anything in particular. I might go and spend some time with my lad because he's not really watching the games as yet. So he's not going to batter my head talking to me about the game. So I, I don't know. I guess I'm all right with it at the moment. It, it, it will get better. That's, that's the hope I have. And I kind of 
console myself thinking along those lines. Because it can, Chris, it can like consume if you let it. Because I'm, I'm, what I tend to, I tend to obviously usually working or at the game, wherever, go home. I'll spend like half an hour, an hour just going through everything that's been written, all of, yeah. everything that's been said, watch all the clips, what the what the pundit are saying, and then I make a concerted effort to get my phone and I put it in the kitchen. And I leave the leave leave the phone in there, and yeah, but Gridney go and spend time with the family or something. But, but like, <laughs> I, I I tend to like it's almost like overload. I consume everything about it within an hour, get it all, read it all, send a couple of my own tweets out myself, and then just put it away. But it can be quite difficult, especially like if you haven't got a lot going on. Sometimes I think it's different for like again maybe for us who who've got kids. It's, we can't just sit there pitying ourselves because. The kids need looking after where you, whereas you, Chloe, you don't have to, you don't have to worry about that. No, you, you can basically just mourn as long as yeah, you want. Yeah, I do, I do do that. A lot. Yeah, let us know in the, in the, if you're watching live on YouTube or obviously in the Discord as well. Maybe read a few of those later. How do you guys cope when the Reds are absolutely rubbish? Yeah, um, it's not great. It's not great. I mean, it, it can be pretty, pretty rubbish. Right then. Agony rant is a section on this show. We usually say, well, the plan has been when we first um, launched the Red Men Originals to save this for near the end of the show or put it um, put it somewhere in the middle. But it feels like we've had to lead with it for the last few weeks now. So open floor to anybody. Has anyone got something that they want to get off their chests when it comes to the Reds? Anyone want something to moan about? <laughs> Chloe, I can see you itching to go. Have you got something you want to say? We just are, Chloe. I think, yeah. I, I saw. I think you narrow it down to just one thing. I know. I saw something absolutely hysterical the other day that I did laugh at though, and it was it was a comment that said that like basically, yeah, that's it. Sing, you'll never walk alone at the end of the game to the fans. That FSG love that, and I thought to myself, good God, not again, <laughs> get me away. Um, look, I'm a supporter first and foremost for Liverpool Football Club. I am just as angry as you as FSG having bought players. <laughs> But that group of players are what are going to have to get us through to the end of the season. I'm getting right behind them because it's the only thing I can possibly do. You better believe that Anfield on Monday night will be bouncing because no one will have a choice. You will have to bounce because we are in serious danger of losing that game of football against the side that's fighting relegation at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I just... I reckon right now the best thing we can all do is to just get behind the team in any way we can. Call them out, say the craps. You can you can have your opinion on that. But when I'm inside the football stadium, don't ever speak to me about not supporting me football club. I'm going to do that till the day I die. I, I saw that, because obviously you, you had to grand. There was a lot we did in story, but I think Harvey comes over and Jordan and the clap, yeah. and, and everyone claps and sings back. And it was interesting, because again, being me, being me I, I read some of the replies, because a lot of it was, I can't believe you're clapping them. A few people like just walk out. There's a few saying just boo the lads like, and that I, th- I don't know if this is a generational thing, a cultural thing, but like I can't remember a single time where we booed our own team really. Mm. I remember once going to a game against West Ham and Lucas came on and a few lads booed and they quickly got drowned out by like everyone else. Thought they shut the fuck up. Like I understand to an extent if you think that maybe you walk out early. We've I think everyone's pretty much yeah. maybe done that on occasion, but I still wouldn't personally. But just we yeah, this this expectation that we should, because we should be booing our own team is just. I can see why it pissed Chloe off because it's just wrong. We should never do it's that. Not the, it's not the way that I've been grow, brought up to consume football. To be honest with you, no. like you know, my Sport dad taking me to the game was very much like you're allowed an explosion of fucking hell, but then it's yeah. no right idea. Yeah. Come on, lads, get behind the team, and that's the way that I was brought up. You yeah. know, to to watch football, it's the way that if I take my kids, I make sure to do it. If there's lads around me or, or women around me who are the opposite to that, I clap louder. I want to make sure that they know yeah. that actually this is how you support a football team and stuff like that. We don't pay for the privilege to watch Liverpool win games of football. 
we pay for the privilege to support Liverpool. Correct. That's yeah. the difference. You know what I mean? You might want wins and you hope mm. for wins and you want the trophies and everything else. It's not why I go the game. I go the game to support the club. And because I'm a supporter, first and yeah. foremost, and you know, if they win, absolutely made up. I'm going to be as happy as anybody. If they lose, I'm going to be as sad as anybody. Yeah. But I don't think I've got a God-given right to watch my team win games so, of football. So with that said, and the generational thing, we've become spoiled, haven't we, again, where we have this God-given right to expect us to win games and win them well. My, my rant for this weekend would be, I can't believe there's people out there questioning the manager. I can't believe there's people out there saying he's not the man we should be looking somewhere else, bring Thomas Tuchel in and stuff like that. And I've seen it, it's online. That guy has, has turned us around. When, when he came into the football club, we were meandering down some path to nowhere. He's delivered everything he said from his opening conversation with everybody in the club about this is what we're going to do. We're going to be a family. We're going to be united and we'll do it together. And there's now people saying, actually, is this, is this the right man for the job? This is his first genuine and it's a bit of a crisis, let's be honest about it. This is his first genuine crisis as a manager. He deserves the right to put it right. No, nope, there shouldn't be anybody online calling for his head. I know there's been this thing put out, uh, this tweet of this Jurgen Klopp, you'll never walk alone, which is an old picture from a couple of years ago. But it kind of galvanised Liverpool fans. And first thing Sunday morning, there was like an outpouring of people saying, we need to get behind Klopp. We need to do this. We need to do that. We shouldn't even need to say that. This guy is 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 everything we ever wanted. And if he walked out the door tomorrow, he wouldn't find another one. That that guy's the right man for the football club for as many reasons as you care to speak about. He's absolutely the right man. You're absolutely spot yeah. on there. And I think when when it comes to, you know, Jürgen Klopp, you can question the decisions that he's making. Yeah. I think that's absolutely fair game, to yeah. be honest with you. I think he's made some mistakes this season. Like, but there is that doesn't mean he's the wrong, wrong man for the job. It just means he's made mistakes. He's mm -hmm. human, after all. After basically just taking us on this unheralded sort of path through the Premier League and European football to heights that we'd never seen and the fact that we were the world champions and we had the Super Cup and the European Cup and we won the Premier League and all that type of stuff. Competing with a, a totally legitimate opposition. <laughs> I'm really bored of this that, that chat though, you know, and I know we're going to talk about City and the bias football thing. Him as a competitor, he's got to put 11 lads out to beat those 11 lads. And that, for me, I think is is is, t is testament to how good a job he's done. He hasn't bitched and whinged about it like we do. And that's fine. We're fans. We're allowed to. Mm, yeah. But I find it quite draining that it's always, oh, you know, oh, get, hunker down. It's still 11 v 11. You can still be better than them over the course of a season. Even when they've had money, we've still beat them. We've still done things that they haven't done. They haven't won the European Cup. They haven't won the World Championship. They haven't won the you know the Premier League every year. We've still done that, so it's possible to do it. It's harder. Don't get me wrong, and I'm, I like the fact that Jurgen doesn't bitch and whinge about it. But it's a bigger job, isn't it? If you look at the two jobs, the two managers have yeah. had one's done it largely off the back of a checkbook, and and again we'll get into Manchester City as a business model a bit later. The other guy's done it with eight and a half million pound left backs from hallways, turned them into world class players. Where that man management <sighs> style, his ability to see something in a player and to nurture it and put his arm around people and get them to do a hundred and ten percent worth of effort for him, that's absolutely superb. And you're right, it's not beyond criticism. And and there are questions out there. Quite rightfully, there are questions out there, and he's got to find answers to them. But. To, to be calling for his head is absolutely insane. Sorry, we're just on, on the city stuff, by the way, we have reference there. We'll be doing the totally biased football, uh, the, the biased football podcast, easy for me to say. That'll be coming on Red Men Plus a little bit later on. So yeah, we will go big in the city stuff. It was meant to be a Harry Kane show and then that stuff <laughs> broke this morning. So sorry, Harry, we're not going to be talking about you Oh, maze up. 
Yeah, so am I, to be honest. So yeah, we'll be doing the city stuff and all the, the regulations and the mm-hmm. finance stuff. That'll be on Redmen Plus a little bit later on for all you subscribers. Come and join us if you haven't already. Back to the agony stuff. Can I go? If you don't mind. I am getting severely, 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 severely pissed off at watching the Reds look like they've never played footy before yeah. when they start a game of footy. <laughs> like, I, I, if you get beat right, and you get beat because someone outworks you or, or whatever, it's not good. It's not acceptable, don't get me wrong. But we've played 20 league games this season. In a quarter of those games, we've conceded the goal within five minutes. Five minutes. That is not to do with tactics yeah. or ability. That, that's just, that's a, a, a mentality thing. And for me, <laughs> it's pissed. That, that's really getting to me, Chris, is that... That is something that can be late. Again, Jürgen takes some of the blame, the coaches have the players themselves. If you are not ready to go out on the pitch and perform, and it's not to do with training time, because they've had fucking loads, they've had loads of that. It's yeah. the opposite. If anything, they've had too much, maybe, I don't know. But like that, that's what's really grinding my gears at the moment, yeah. is that the, a Liverpool side going onto the pitch, looking like they're not ready to go onto the be be there, that I can't get me I can't get me around that. I can buddy my agony rant up with yours for this one then because mine's not specific to the first sort of ten minutes of the game. Mine's just watching us defend. Yeah. Like that that's it. I mean, I, I don't know what we've done to be able to get so bad at defending over the course of the last six months, but you know, it happens early on in games, as you rightly say, Steve. But the way in which like even and I know Jürgen talked in the press conference now about it was a good away performance for 60 minutes after we conceded the two goals and stuff. I'm at a loss to agree with that, to be honest with you. I mean, watch the one where Matty passes it back to the fella yes. and they don't score. Like, you know what I mean? That's 2-0. Like, watch the way that, you know, and I watched it back. We were doing the watch-along, weren't we, about Trent Alexander-Arnold. And I agree with you now. I think Trent could have got there and I think Trent didn't get there because he thought, oh, I might score an Oggy which is the worst situation you can possibly be in as a defender. Because I'd rather you score an Oggy and attempt to clear the ball than do yeah. nothing and the ball go in anyway. Because at least we've got a chance of you clearing the ball if you go for it. You know, the way that we defended the front stick for their second goal, I mean, it's just haphazard it's at best. Steve, you've worked in sales in the past, mate. Has anyone made it... Like, no one's bought a dummy like like Joel Matic bought that dummy. If, if you're a salesman and you walk in with a, you imagine this big old sales pitch and then the fellow just leaps in, leaps at you and goes, Yes, I'll buy it no matter what. That's what Huang must have felt like with Joel Matip. I have never seen anyone stop running. That's like, oh, no. mad. like I've never seen anyone buy anything as easy as Joel Matip bought that dummy. Again, if you're in sales, you walk, you'd be made up with you if someone was as gullible as that made, wouldn't you? Absolutely, yeah. You'd have loads of money as well, wouldn't you, in commission? I, I can't get my head around how he did that. You know, he's an experienced, what is he, 32? Experienced centre back. He's played hundreds of games of football at a good, decent level. Even before he came to Liverpool, he's played in cup finals. He's been in Europe in big games, and he and he fell for the shoulder, didn't he? he? Concentration is his biggest problem, and it always has been, and it's it's becoming a bigger problem right now. That guy, the drop off in in Matip, um, that that is that is the performance that, as a fan base, we should be talking about because that's concerning. How a guy that for the last two years we've said. Is it Matip or Gomez? And then it was Matip. Is it Matip or Canate? And then, it went, then we went with Matip. Might be Phillips and Van Dijk. <laughs> yeah, literally <laughs> well be. lob him in for yeah, the... I, I, mean, I mean, of the two at the weekend, Matip was by some distance the worst of the two. And Joe Gomez didn't cover himself in glory, especially for the, the goal where he ended up in the left-back position and didn't get back in time. But but Matip, Matip's a worry. Matip is a major concern right now. Something isn't right there. And it's... A, the way he bit that dummy, right, for me, it was like he'd just gone to watch an orchestra at the Philharmonic <laughs> and then he packed the fucking instruments away and he thought he had an Uzi in it and he's hit the floor. Yeah. And you're like, lad, 
What are you doing? I says, I you know what I mean? You know you've just watched him put the cello away. Why do you think he's got an Uzi in there? What are you doing, lad? Don't bite. It's a bit like throwing a ball to a dog. And, and, oh, oh, you got me. Like, he, he really yeah. properly bought it. But it changed facts. We've got, we got a question from Quadbod who says, it's the leadership issue on the field with the defenders. I know we weren't awesome with Van Dyke in there, but we look like we're all speaking a different language. Yeah, go, it comes on the back. Welcome to you. Jamie Carragher's tweet when he wrote, it's not too difficult to play centre-back next to the leader of the back four. You should judge centre-backs. It's on the screen there when they have to lead themselves, shambolic is what he said. Um, and that's, that's, that's down on criticism from a, a lad who's played a lot of games at centre-half and Liverpool basically saying, it's, it's, yeah, that. Where's, your, where's your, your professional pride, your ability to lead? Because he is right. It, it does look like a, a lack of cohesion, a lack of everything. Like Matip and Gomez in that situation, in particular the first goal, and we've seen it plenty of times, yeah. nobody ever takes charge of that situation. Nobody's like, I'm the centre-half, I'll deal with it, I'm going to boot it, and then I'll turn around and bollock somebody. But they kind of leave it to each other. We've seen this off set plays all season where there's three men at the back stick, and not one, no one's gone, lads, problem. They just kind of got, everyone's just gone on with it. Well, I'm here, I'm fine, I'm doing my jobs. Do you feel like there is a little bit of a lack of leadership, a little bit of a lack of an accountability on the pitch? Because Jamie Carragher said the quad bod just said it there as well in the comments. Yeah, and even with Virgil van Dijk on the pitch, because I'm not letting him get away with it either. He's been absolutely crap <laughs> this season. Um, no, you have all been crap. And what <laughs> really did my head in... And you could see me frustration on Twitter <coughs> because 12 minutes in, I'd trekked all the way to Wolves and it, thank God it wasn't Brighton at a 4am get up again. Mm. Um, trekked me way down to Wolves and 12 minutes in, we were 2-0 down. It was a side that were feeling very sorry for themselves and you don't do that as athletes. That's, that's not what you do. What you do is you fight for everything. You make things hard. You make yourselves hard to beat. Um, and instead, we looked like we felt sorry for ourselves, like we weren't asked, like the season was over anyway, so who's bothered? Um, and that first half especially, and especially those first 20, I did not know what I was watching. People were contemplating walking out before even half time. And fair play. There was <laughs> I remember someone, I d I don't know who it was, someone said on Twitter, um, left on 70 to get the earlier train and it was cancelled pretty much sums up the day and i was like yeah pretty much i know someone and i'm not going to give names away who was at the game um and who <laughs> who put a tweet out uh, sorry no an instagram story out and it was him looking down the motorway and, it, and the caption was <laughs> If you didn't leave on 75, you're a bad Oh, I know fridge. who it is. <laughs> right, so, yeah. And I was laughing my head off when I read that. <laughs> he just got off. He's like, no, seen enough today. But like. back to it, there is no leaders on that pitch, not a single one of them. The only one is maybe Robbo, and even then he can't carry the entire team. You've just got to pick your level up. You can't feel sorry for yourself. You've got to stand up and be counted for. And the only one who I saw do that was Stefan Bajetic once again. Fair play to him, because if he's this good in a side, that is this crap i'd love to see what he's like when liverpool are at the peak of the powers but yeah no one's stand, standing up not even mo salah absolutely none of them um and they need to change because you'll get slapped about when it comes to everton on monday night oh god i don't think doesn't anyone else great anyone off the chest before we I move think, on i think I, i've said before in final words and stuff we are a quiet side you know alison's not a particularly vocal guy uh, Van Dyke is more talkative, but by no means a shout. And it's interesting that Jamie Carragher made those points because if you cast your mind back to being in the game and Carragher was on the pitch, you could hear him. No matter where you sit in the ground, you can hear him handing out bollockings to people who aren't doing anything. And you're right, Andy Robbo is probably the only guy that at this moment in time is using his voice. I've seen him give Virgil a bollocking earlier on this season. We're, we're too quiet. And in the centre of the midfield, the is doing his job playing football. He's leading playing football yeah. rather than speaking. 
and it shouldn't fall to an 18 year old to be telling seasoned professionals where's your fight where's your spirit where's your guts and you know and all that stuff so i think i just think we suffer from being a really really quiet side we don't have vocal leaders on the pitch to get a grip of the game you're absolutely spot on you think of liverpool a couple of years ago and obviously henderson's in the middle park and all there's out yep. milner's in and around the first team a lot more you've got virgil van dyke at the back you've got allison and andy robertson now you've got two new lads up front who can't be leaders yet. You've got Mo Salah, who's very quiet. You've got a midfield that's, you know, anchored by an 18-year-old. Thiago's a quiet player. Yeah. You know, um, Nabi Keita's not a leader. Um, he's just not. Like, he's a good footballer, but he's not a leader. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and Trent Alexander-Arnold's an unbelievable footballer, but he's not a leader either. Yeah. Not in terms of what he does on the football field. You've got Joe Gomez and Matip playing like shit. Couldn't lead a fucking cow to water or whatever, or horse to water at the moment. Horse to water? Yeah, it's horse, horse to water. Yeah, yeah. No, it's horse. horse. I like, you can, you I like cow to water. Why does the cow need a drink? Cow still needs a drink. Everyone needs a drink. <laughs> With the, which water the cow is going to? Look, it's fine. No, it's fine. Yeah, so we've not got this. So no, he's right. So, yeah. yeah. Did you? Did anyone see my tweet at 15 minutes? Well, it was about 12 minutes in when we went to another. People took it very, very seriously. It was just a lot of frustration. What was it? I it was it. just... It was just F off Liverpool. I saw it. Yeah, okay. I was wow. fuming about it. shouldn't have done, but it made me laugh. <laughs> have you done these today? No, still there. Wolves away on the. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I've got it. It is literally just. There's, there's not, not even a capital letter in sight. Oh, when she said just F off Liverpool, I thought she meant it was just <laughs> F off Liverpool. No, no, no just <laughs> yeah. F off Liverpool. Yeah. Sounds okay. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I, 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 just I followed up by to... this. Wait. Go on. Wait for it. Go on. Wait it. for it. <laughs> yeah. And it really was. Yeah, absolutely. We don't need no more agony answer thing because uh, I think Chloe's got us all boxed off. So yeah, we, we'll move on then. I said before, Chris, um, we've, we've sat here and we've we've done post mortem after post mortem after post mortem about what's gone wrong, why we're we here. So there's a comment that well, it's lack of investment. The owners should have pulled the fingers. They spent more money. They should have maybe signed different players. Injuries here and never not. There's loads and loads and loads, but we are where we are. We're in this situation now. And I've been someone said to me once in the past, "Don't worry about how you got here. Figure out how you're going to get out of here." Yeah. And that's yeah. where that's where we're at now. We, we we are where we are. We can't change the past. We literally can't sign any players now until the end of the season. Not that we were ever going to do so anyway, because we don't do that. Because yeah, sound. So life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry. And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. We, can we think, is there anything like that is glaringly obvious that you think we could do now or should do now to change this round? Because he's, he's tried changing the system a little bit. He's changed players. A lot of that's been forced, but like he has been, he's been willing to, you know, drop players, bring new players in. He's done loads. He's messed around with it. And at the moment, we said on the on the watch along, didn't we? He's throwing shit out of wall and trying to see what sticks. Um, and <laughs> that's where we're at now. But is there anything in your head that you just think again? We, we sh- let's just try that. Let's do that because whatever we're doing now just isn't seemingly working at all. Honest answer: I don't know what's in Jurgen Klopp's <laughs> mind at the moment. So I think, I mean, how can you possibly? But <clears throat> I said it last week on on the um, on the new podcast on Thursday Thursday night pines. I think Jurgen has to try stuff out and work out what the plan is moving forwards. Uh, and I, I'm I'm loath to say it, but like this season's gone. Like, I just don't see how, even if you get back to it, don't see how you make top four. No. So you've kind of got to work on the future as well, yeah. medium term, not just the short term future. Mm. You know, you've got to plan for the medium and long term. We've got to find a way of playing football. Now, Jürgen might have the confidence that when Diaz and Jota are back and all that type of stuff, that we're going to hit the ground running. Well, look, if they're back in two to three weeks, the, the amount of time they've been out injured for, could be a month or two months before they're fit and yeah. firing anyway. So you're already looking at the end of the season. So I think Jürgen needs to wear out what he wants to do with this team moving forward, what formation he wants to play, how he wants to deploy the tactics on the field. Because mid-block doesn't seem like this Liverpool side. So why are you doing it? Are you just doing it for the short-term game and you then think we can switch back to it? I'd rather see us switch to what's going to work in the future. You know, it, it seems like a lot of wasted training time going into making the mid-block not work. Right, to then try and switch it back when you've got a load of training time now that you could be focusing on what you actually want to do in the future, and that might mean short term pain for long term gain. And I think right now that might be the best option for us. So the flip side of this, obviously, like, it's bad now. It, could get, it, it can get worse. Like it could be it's any. Well. I, like I don't think it's, I don't think his job's ever in doubt, but there'll be a point where it, it is. Like it, it, it just has to be that. So again, he might be looking to the future, but he has to try and win football games now. There's twenty. We've got eighteen league games to go. Exactly. At least two. European Cup games at the moment it's going to be two we're not going to be it, it would be, the, the hope is it's more that's there's 20 games of football left to go we can't just like just jib it off he's going to have to do something just as an example quad bods here saying we get Mo back in the nine we've had a couple of chats it doesn't up. really work in the nine though Mo we've yeah. tried it yeah. intermittently just, I think it's just more about I think it's more about way. I think it's more about trying things you've got someone uh, Casey you says get Trent in midfield and get someone in at right back if you need it like there's Who's got to play right back? Milner? M- Milner or Ramsey or well, I have to make that day the only Milner for the rest of the year because you can't move Gomez anymore. No, I, I, I'm, I'm just... These are the problems you. that he's got yeah. and, and this is it. Every time... I, you could literally give me all of the options and I could probably give you a reason why it's not a good time to try it. <laughs> That's I, a worrying situation to be in. I was thinking, if, fact, I was thinking maybe at one point you, you go three at the back and then just have three centre-halves and then you... Because our two wing-backs are... I think our two full-backs could play wing-backs but now, now that we've got no centre-halves, um, I'll be honest and feel free, I know you guys might disagree with this one, I would 100% be playing Nat Phillips on Monday. Yeah. 100%. I would be playing Nat Phillips and I'd have James Milner on the pitch somewhere. And I bear in mind, I am not saying this thinking like they're great players or, they're great, or what they are, but fucking hell, it's just someone, even if you have to kick someone or show a little bit of something, because at the minute, 
I, I think there's a couple of lads in there who, who, when we spoke to on it, they're, they're not really under pressure for the, the place because there's no one else to replace them. Mohamed Salah looks like a shell of himself recently, but no one's ever going to take his place off him. He did it with Fabinho today. He got rid of him for a young kid, and the young kid delivered. It could be something like it could be something as drastic as just like saying, right, just get lads on who've got to boot people. I don't know. So this is where we're at. You're, you're talking about bringing Nat Phillips in, and there's a really good case for that. I actually watched the Everton game, and Dominic Calvert-Lewin suddenly remembered he's a footballer, and he looked half decent as a target man. So, so you give Nat Phillips the job of dealing with him, but Nat Phillips isn't the Premier League standard footballer. It's sort of week in, week out. We've seen that, that's why we don't use him. Canate is a physical specimen that could quite realistically deal with the threat that Calvert-Lewin's got. But then you're leaving Joe Gomez potentially to look after bits and pieces and Joe Gomez is miles off it at the moment. So it's really difficult. So what do we do? We've got two choices. We do what Chris says is where we experiment and we try different people in different positions. And I think the feeling in the club might be that when Diaz and Jota are back, then the front three will be a pressing front three because they know how to do it. But the reality is the midfield can't, with the exception of Bissetic, who looks like he's, he's going to be a player. So if you're, going to, if you're going to go into the second half of the season from now going forward purely to win football matches, you've got to play with a low block and you've got to go back to what he did when he joined the club, which is look at what he's got and play to our strengths, which is playing counter-attacking football because we've got pace to burn. So allow teams to come out. You know, I said to Dan before upstairs, I don't know if there's a coincidence that now the fear factor's gone and teams are stepping out of playing football, we're seeing a different midfield. When we had a, fo- a, f- a front three that was firing and they sat in and said to us, we're just going to sit here with a really low block and you try and break us down. The midfielders had all day long on the football. They were never put under any pressure. Mm-hmm. They were never closed <laughs> down. We never asked any questions of them. Real Madrid, Champions League final for 25 minutes. They just kept giving the ball to Fabinho saying, what have you got? Can you unlock us? That's been the story of most of Fabinho's career at Liverpool. Now he's got lads on his shoulders saying, actually, I fancy taking you on. I'm going to have a right good go at you. Are we seeing a different dynamic to the midfield? If that is the case, drop back, go deeper and use the channel balls. Use the fact that Van Dijk can hit you a 60-yard laser-guided ball into the channels. Use Nunes, use Diaz, use Salah's pace to get in behind people. Kind of what we did when Klopp first came to the club and realised I can't do what I want to do with the players I've got, so I'm going to do this instead. What do you do? Do you go for results? You're quite right. If he doesn't keep winning games, at some point, someone's going to sit down and say... How long can we carry on like this for? Or do you do what Chris says, which is decide what you want to do for next season? Arsene Wenger once said, when you're blooding kids, they cost you points. When you try new ideas and new formations and new tactics, that will cost you points too. So it's really difficult to know what to do for the best. There's oh, no right answer, is there? It's, it, it is difficult. It, it really is difficult because you, you, you're sitting here every solution there's a there's a negative to it because that's where we find ourselves unfortunately at the moment Chloe I'll, I'll come to you on this one because there, there's, there's a school of thought again elsewhere and Steve's got half a point is that and I noticed the weekend I don't know if you've agreed I think opposition teams are showing that they don't respect us by the teams they put out they are going and it's an extra attacker an extra two attackers you know like Wolves do a day put a front three forward they had Neves and and um, and Nunes in midfield like they had a really attacking lineup they didn't play as a hodge I don't think he played did he, did he could, and he's been playing like, there's Lamina in the middle yeah of the and Lamina as well he and Lamina, we made Lamina look yeah, incredible and, and Brighton paid us no respect with the team that they've put out a couple of times and, and rightly so they don't deserve yeah. to as Steve got half point there is that if we start do we need to start thinking maybe we need to accept that we're not going to have the ball as much as we want it and pick a side that can 
again, what I say, and I mean this, like, like be, hopefully be a bit more defensively solid and use Salah, Nunes, and, and Diaz's pace with, and maybe become a counter-attacking team just for a bit. And I mean, I don't know, the, the risk of that is is that you're inviting pressure onto a defence that's got no confidence in it. So that's the risk of it. But there, I suppose the flip side is what, what we're doing now isn't working anyway. So what's, what's, the, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, it, it's a case of these games that are pretty, pretty much nailed on losses. You at, ne- at least need to turn into draws, then get the wins. You need the wins right now, if I'm being honest, but we're not fighting for anything in the league. So at this point, you know what what are you really looking at? The thing is, is for however many weeks we've all sat here and we've said, Liverpool need to make sure that they're hard to beat. That That is, go back to the basics of just making sure you're hard to beat, win every in, individual battle, be second to every ball. I've something about you, but the problem is absolutely none of them at this moment in time have nothing about them. And we all sit there and say, make us hard to beat. Well, when you've got Joe Gomez and Joel Mata playing the way they are, or, you know, Canate having these moments of, of being lapsedaisy, you've got Trent and, and Robbo who haven't been brilliant in the midfield who can't protect them to save their lives you know we're not going to look defensively solid so it's either you get more bodies in defence and I think we should drop back I think we should give ourselves I mean make sure it's all in front of you That's the, make sure that because the amount of people who are just getting off on us <laughs> no, no one's tracking anyone oh Trent you've got three players back post do you want to turn around do you wanna, does anyone from the midfield want to help you out no because we don't look behind us apparently anymore um, what Liverpool need to do is make sure that they're hard to beat and however however they do that I'm not too sure I think you I think Nat Phillips comes back in why not because he's unbelievable but because he knows his limits he knows I, I can't stand on, here on the ball for five minutes like Joel Matip thinks he can and goes on a nice little run now nah, I can't do that so when I get closed down this ball's getting booted up there somewhere and someone else is going to have to deal with that and then you rely on us hopefully <coughs> winning the second ball which we haven't done um, I think the players need to get back to basics Tiago, you're not this unbelievable pass, you know, pass master that you, you think you are in this moment. You're actually quite crap because you just do the basics for us at this moment in time. And whatever that is, is just do the five yard balls, keep them moving, keep possession. Don't be silly on the ball, which we constantly are. Um, I don't have the right answer because it all comes down to the players not being good enough to even defend. Liverpool have got to earn the right to play in these games, yep. play football in these games. We haven't earned the right to, to play our no. way in any game so far. 12 Since times out of 20, we've got the first goal. But, it, but well. if he's better than you, he's quicker than you, he's stronger than you, he's more physical than you, then I can't teach you to be a better footballer than him. What I can do as a coach is teach you to mark the space he wants to play in. So by dropping deeper and having two rows of four where you make sure everyone's in the right positions when you don't have the ball, you shut down the space, you neutralise the space that people want to play. And what Real Madrid did to us in the Champions League final was basically say, where you want to play, we're not going to let you. We're going to neutralise your strengths. So by going up, let's use Brighton as an example, by going up against Caicedo, it's a mismatch. If, if he's running at Naby Keita or he's running at Thiago, it's a mismatch. So what you do is you just draw them back, sit in the spaces, make sure that all of the areas you can play a ball into are filled with the body because there's a better chance of winning the ball. And then if you do get it back, that's when you launch your transition. Mm. No, yeah, it all makes sense. There's just, there's, there's, that's the, but going back to it, Chris, like, I do question, like, and I think this. I think going back to what I said earlier, the, the conceding the goals thing. So, twelve out of twenty, we've let the first goal in. Five of those have been within the first five minutes of a game, uh, and we're not good enough at the moment really to come back. The only reason we of those five, by the way, we drew one, um, which was against Brighton the three-all game where we did we did actually call it back and then got pegged back, 
and then we won the Leicester game where that lad scored two oggies for us. He's our top scorer in the, in the yeah. in this calendar year, by the way. That guy, <laughs> which, 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 which goes to something. We lost against Arsenal. Obviously, we lost at the weekend the, the other day as well. Um, Isn't Bobby still our top scorer in the league? He hasn't played the game for since, October, since November. Him and Salah on something. I keep seeing that Leicester lad with the two own goals as our top scorer on social media, and that's that's kind of nice. It's not ideal, is it? But so I think it's fair to say I would like to hope that. I know what is it the the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting yeah. different results. I would like to hope that whatever they're doing in the AXA this week it changes from what's been the last few weeks because Steve, this this should have been a reaction by now. No, 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 no yeah, they really should. You can't you can't keep being. You no, can't no, keep but what I mean is, like everyone who's open for a reaction on Monday, they should have already one. been one. Yeah. Yeah. We're way too late for reactions. If they, they if I'm not sure they can no. react, that's my concern. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm if they you. can, they should have already. Yep. yep. That's a big I'm worry for me. I'm with you. Are we picking players to do jobs they can't do? That's the question now I have to ask. Are we putting together a midfield that can't function in the way that they want to? We talked about it before we came on air. Are, and, and your point exactly about the definition of madness. Are we being stubborn? Do we have to recognise that that 4-3-3 three, three with, with, a, with a, a potentially a flat three that recycles and wins the ball back can't work with what we've got? So we you're ended right, up 4-4-2 right, no against Wolves. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and this is exactly what I was saying on Thursday to everybody. It doesn't look like there's a plan at the moment. No. no. It, it, like, and again, I go back to something we were saying at the weekend, Steve. We've been playing Gakpo up front two games on the bounce. And Nunes has come on on the left-hand side. And then Nunes looks like the left-winger and Gakpo looks like he's the striker. Yeah. We switch it. <laughs> like, what? Why? Like, we were just... In, the Brighton game for Gakpo was his best. Yeah. In a red shirt. And he and then we move it again. And then we're back into four four two later on in the game. And it's like, I get you've got to try things. I understand that. But we are throwing shit at a wall and seeing what's sticking. Yeah. And, and unfortunately we're throwing Teflon shit at a wall right now. <laughs> yeah, it's rubber and it's bouncing right back in our faces. And Nunes is at his most effective off the left. There's a there's a there's a you know, again, you know the cliches you, you, you cross bridges when you get to them. It feels like at the moment we're going into forty games with these grand plans of how we're going to. Oh, do... bridge! Nah, yeah, well, no, don't fancy gonna... that, lads. It's high. It's more. We're go... It's more. We're gonna. We're gonna. You know. We're gonna. Here's how we're gonna. Do... I think no one fails to realise that all means nothing, Chloe. If you get if you get beat one after five minutes, or you're two 0 yeah. down after ten minutes, or you're you're the first goal conceded yeah. in twelve of twenty football games. It feels. I don't know. Should should there not should there not be a consensus? Maybe a bit of a thought of. You know what? Let's just be nil nil at half time. Yeah. Like that is our game. Uh, anything more is an absolute. Bonus. I'd like nil nil at the end of the game. I tell you, yeah, right now it's <laughs> an improvement. Right now, yeah. We conceded nine in our last three three away from home and yeah. scored one. We, you know, we lost three 0 to Brighton. We lost three 0 to Wolves, and we lost three one to Brentford in our last three away from home. It's We've won eight points from a possible thirty away from home this season. It's eight points. A, yeah, it's we are bottom of the league on form since the turn of the year. It's yeah. so bad. But I, I thought the Wolves Cup game we actually carved it. This Chloe is that. It looked like we were just quite happy for it to be what it be is. And then, luckily, Harvey scores a good goal. Their goal has a bit of a stinker. But I felt like that might have been... When we when I saw that game, I thought, ah, we've changed. Yeah, we're going we're, ba- we're going back to basics. We're going to say, we're not going to beat ourselves. Got the minute, we've got a shotgun. And rather than putting out the opposition, we're putting that on our own faces. And then it goes so, so... We're just shooting ourselves. It's horrendous. I thought that Wolves Cup game was Liverpool going... We're just going to be solid. We're going to do the basics right, and then we, I trust one of these attackers to capitalise on, do something magic, and Harvey Elliott provided that. And then, but then we've kind of gone away from that back in the league games again. It's gone back to the other way where 
you know, the first thing we do in that Wolves game is go back to your matter. We go for this long diagonal ball and he kicks it to their fella who's 10 yards away. And I was like, oh my God. You could tell at that moment, like, we're going to yeah. get beat. I knew after five seconds of the game that we're <laughs> going to get beat here. It just feels like we're, 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 maybe we are. The lads are lacking in confidence. There's two ways about it, Chris is right. You can just play through it and you just go keep going and keep going and eventually it'll work. Or you make it a bit easier for them and say, actually, don't really, don't worry about it. Just four years, be, be calm, be, pass the ball to one of your lads, keep it calm. If we take the sting out of the game for 15, 20 minutes, that's absolutely fine. At the minute, it feels like we're, we're not doing that. We are trying to win Millen. We're trying to be Liverpool of old, but we're not Liverpool of old. No, I, once again, it's something that we've said for however many weeks in, in, in succession. Liverpool for the first 20 minutes, could you just literally keep a clean sheet, keep it tight at the back, take the sting out of the atmosphere? Because Wolves' atmosphere was incredible after 12 minutes. Why? Because you gave them two goals. You were already climbing a hill, never mind them being 2-0 down 12 minutes into a game of 40. It's not going to help you. What you need to do is you need to battle through it, make it ugly, put challenges on people, do the hard work that these players just look like they can't do at this moment or don't want to do. Um... And for 20 minutes at least of that game, get your foot settled. Keep the ball, your first touch, you know, have a couple of touch, pass it off. Keep it calm um, and just stop giving them the ball. Stop it every single time. And I was sat there at Wolves and, and you know, before it, I wasn't really optimistic. But literally within minutes of the game, you looked around at each other and you thought, yep, it's going to be a long game same of footy. Old, old, and it yeah. was. Um and I don't know how we change that because it, it just looks like, A, we're probably not going to change it because we've, we're so stuck in our ways. But two, the players just... I mean, I said they didn't look arsed against Bulls and I don't think they did up until that second half where they showed a little bit of fight. Um, but I, just, I, I, I don't know what's happened. Someone has literally ran over our entire football team because half of them have got one leg. They are running on one leg. I don't know what's going on. Steve, I did- it's a big question to ask this, so I apologise. I'm going to do with it. Like, on the, on the not, he's not asked, but other not asked because I've heard a lot of that. And again, checking our mentions and stuff, and people asking about it. We've said in the past about other teams, me and you've had conversations about other teams, it looks like they're not playing for the manager yeah. anymore. For, I think for the very first time under Jurgen Klopp, that question, you can there's at least a reason to ask it. Because I've never, even when we were in the shit, I've never once felt like they weren't running hard or they weren't trying or mm. there was nothing on it. Is there, a, is there a case saying now that it looks like they're not playing for the manager? Because that's that's a big, like, if they're not, that's huge. Like, that is the, you know, the down tools. I'd like to hope that that isn't the case, but watching what we're watching, I think it's a fair question to at least ponder. It is a fair question, and there's two ways you can look at that. You can do what Aston Villa did for Gerrard, which is just down tools and be nothing, and then your manager loses his job. Or you can be the lads that we've got who have been asked to do something physically they can't do. Yeah. So it gives everyone the impression that they're not asked and they're not trying. And Chloe's exactly right. You know, self-footballing pride, self-pride means you should work harder to try and bridge the gap when you know you're not performing. These guys would have known after 12 minutes, we've done nothing here. Go back to the Brighton game. They come out after half time. Within five minutes, we've conceded again and the game's gone. I don't think it's a case of they don't play for the manager. They're not playing for the manager. They've lost respect for the manager. I don't think he's lost his dressing room. I think he has to recognise that sometimes you can't see the wood for the trees, that the tactically and what we're asking him to do, man for man, in terms of the game plan, physically, mentally, tactically, they can't deliver. So it looks really, really off. And it looks like, actually, he's not asked. But the fact is, he can't do what you're asking him to do. So stop asking him to do it and find something that he can do to give us a breather as a team so we can get 
the ball, keep the ball, like Chloe says, recycle the ball, use it again, find, <coughs> find a teammate instead of an orange shirt, like it seemed to be all we did at the weekend. I don't think he's lost the dressing room. I think, that, I've said it before, I think this stubbornness to stick with a system that clearly doesn't work has been found out and is actually playing into our opposition's hands. He's making these players look like they can't be arsed. No. On that Chris, can I just I want to do Chris not mind because he's bombed out for being the old Henderson. He's been happy to do that, and he found Bacetta who could do a bit more what he wanted. I think he bombed out Henderson, and he got Naby who can do a li- not not as much. I don't think he's been as impressive as Bacetta. He's, he's done a, He's been able to do a few little bits more than Hendo was able to do. If if if, if Steve's right, if he's not going to change his plan of what of of what is he's asking the players to do, then he's got to change the players if the, if they can't do it. But it's hard really to. Look at anybody who's in the team currently, and then anyone who's on the bench, and think you have to be, you can't play. It has to be him. Or it, it, the only one rare again. There's a lot of Joe Gomez hate at the moment. Joe Gomez is catching a fair amount of flack. Joel Matip's getting the two, but so maybe if you want to bring that Phillips in, but again, that isn't like to be all, that sort of that sort of solve solution to everything. Is that's another thing we've got here? Is that because again, in, and this is half injury related. Maybe it's a, it shows where we're at with the bench as well. I don't think there's anyone really who's 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 on the bench who's screaming to be in the team. Other than no, he's got no other options. Maybe, maybe Harvey, no options, Harvey Elliott's the only one. If and he, the issue he's got with Harvey Elliott is that the only place Harvey Elliott can play effectively is right wing for me at the moment, and that means bombing Mo Salah out. And I'm not sure he's ever. Got, I mean, goes, maybe he should, but he's not going to. Do it that. goes back to the point of he doesn't know what his best side is, yeah. doesn't it? You know, one week you play Harvey on the right hand side and he scores you a winner and you win the game, and the next week he plays on the left hand side and has no involvement in the game whatsoever. You know, this doesn't look like a manager who's got a fixed idea of how Liverpool should play. You know, Naby Keita's come in and looked better, but we were look, looking really shit, and I don't think he's looked good, Naby yeah. Keita. I think he's looked better than what was there. If I think like Thiago like is just... Three out of ten, like a five Thiago's lost the ability to play simple passes and brave yeah. passes, and then he looks like a, a passer who is doubting himself. Yeah. Like You know, when a snooker player gets the... What's it called? The yips. The yips. Or something like that. That's what it feels like when I'm watching Thiago right now. Mm. He he wants to play all the same passes and he's got the skill set to do it, but he's just not making yeah. it right. Bajetic just looked better than Fabinho. Bajetic hasn't played at the level of a six to win the league either. And I think he's been really good. And I know that's a harsh thing to say, but I just don't think he's played at the level that Fabinho was two years ago. Yeah. And nor should no. he be able to, by the way. And this is no this is no indictment on Bajetic. He's just looked better than what's been there. You know, Trent Alexander Arnold and Robbo are not joining the attack at all. And they're not being solid at the back either. The two centre halves we've got major issues with. Mo Salah's an absolute shell of himself and we can't work him into space. Nunes is missing all the opportunities we make for him. And again at the weekend, two, maybe three yeah. really good opportunities. You know, one was it from a ball from Trent Alexander Arnold? Yeah. yeah. I mean that that's got to be finished. It's got to be finished. The one where he cuts inside is a good opportunity as well. Gakpo's a new player wondering what the friggin' hell's going on right now. <laughs> so I don't know what we're expecting from these lads, but certainly the, I don't think the midfield is being asked to do what they can do. And I think that's what Steve's point was. I, in the... And maybe I didn't contextualise it, but after straight after that game, I, I came out and I said, 
they don't look like they're playing for the manager, they don't look like they're playing for the badge, and they don't look like they're playing for the fans. And I felt that because there is no way, and I, I don't care what you say, you can't blame legs on that first 12 minutes of a football game. It's 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 the first 12 minutes of a football. This is your job. You run round a football pitch for your life. <laughs> like, this is this is what you do. There's no way in 12 minutes you're telling me you're 2-0 down, but no, I, I couldn't run, I couldn't do that. Now, later on in the game, sound, yeah. Sure, if you're coming up against someone who's just physically bullied, yeah, sound. In that 12 minutes, I saw nothing. I saw no aggression. I saw no pass- passion. I saw absolutely nothing for 12 minutes, at least. And by that time, we were 2-0 down. The second half is where I saw something. The first 45, I saw absolutely nothing. And it, it, it looked like a team who weren't playing for Jürgen Klopp. Of course it wasn't. Because I saw it was Real Madrid the other day, and they were beating, I want to say it was Valencia or someone, and Vinicius Junior was taking the mick, and Paulista, who's Brazilian, just went and volleyed him. And I, w- I was like, oh, right, well, clear red card, yeah, he's frustrated. None of our players have looked frustrated enough to just take it out on someone else, to fume at themselves, to hit the ground when they've missed a big chance or anything. I've not seen that. I'd rather you just go and try and wipe someone out at this point and get a red card and show me something, because I didn't see absolutely anything. And I don't mean going injure someone, but this Paulista just tried to take Vinicius Junior's legs out. He's had enough. He'd got too annoyed. And I don't see anything any any of that at all and yet we saw it and we moaned at Nunes for it but that was earlier on the season when everyone thought we could come back around and turn the season out I don't know um I didn't see nothing in those first 12 minutes that made me think they they were playing for a badge and I've just got to be honest because it was 12 minutes of absolute I, I not even chaos it was just Dross. no one looked arsed yeah, yeah. then, then you changed the, you changed the players not the manager yeah, yeah 100% well, I, also like I, I, on, on to riff off Chloe's point, it's there is no reaction. It's just, yep. And then walk back to the centre circle. Mm-hmm. There's no screaming at each other about what's gone wrong. Someone should have, someone should have been in in matters like Milner was the Van Dyke when when he didn't close Sancho down. He was in his face. If someone should have been right in Joel Matip's face going, are you fucking messing? Yeah. You you cannot buy that, dummy. You, how do you stop running? You like how like someone should have been right in his face, but goes back to the points they had before. I, I, I don't know. It should be Robertson because he's the captain and he's the captain actually on that on that pitch. Fighting his own battles, isn't he? He's got his own yeah, we've got a got a comment here from Titch Green, one of our Discord users, which which is really good advice. It says, um, I've got an idea the lads could try to pass the ball to each other rather than a yard away. Or when we're shooting, you know, we could actually try and hit the target because that might help a tad. It is as basic as that. Are we, are we going back to that basic of tactic, you know? Someone needs someone needs to teach Navi Kate how to shoot. That that's one thing. Oh, my oh my days, yeah. man. How many shots? I, I said this are. apologies for repeating the point if anyone wants to find a way, but it, it's as I said, ever since the Champions League final, it's like someone said to him, You have to keep your shots on the floor. Yeah. They can't go out they can't go in the stands. But now he just P rolls them straight at the first man in front of his face. Yeah. This is mad, right? Remember Brazilian Ronaldo, the, the yeah. phenomenino? When the he original. His, <laughs> when, he, when he did his one of his serious injuries, for the rest of his career, he had to toe poke all of his shots because he just couldn't make the shape to strike the ball properly mm-hmm. through an injury. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help Naby here because some of his shooting's <laughs> crap in it. So you never know, do you? Give it a go, give it a good old toey. And Josh says, I'd have Nat, Hendo, Millie, Kurt, Harvey, Bacchetta and Simicast all in against Everton. Basically, anyone who hasn't been playing along with Stefan Bacchetta. Yeah. <laughs> the Timicast stuff's really interesting for me. We were talking stuff. about it, the set pieces. We were doing really yeah. well off his set pieces earlier on in the yeah. season. And I don't think Robbo's been playing that well, but also he's the only leader that we've got at the mm-hmm. moment, Robbo. So I think that might be why we're seeing less of Timicast over the last few weeks. Also, I just want to point out another thing 
thing from the end of the game is straight up full time. A lot of those lads went straight down the tunnel. Jurgen Klopp came to about halfway to the pitch and then got off again. The only players who came over and stood in front of that crowd and apologised was Jordan Henderson, was Millie, was Costas and was Harvey Elliott. They were the only four who chose and who decided to come over and the rest of them literally didn't even turn a hair and got straight off down the pitch. That says something about you. You've put in that performance, you better get over there right now and go and say sorry. And if you don't say sorry, go and go and get the lift of the fans at least being there and clapping you. And yeah, exactly. But uh, and I you saw this on Twitter. It I think it's embarrassment. Yeah. It's a shame. And I'm not yeah. asked. I'd rather you come over and you'd be embarrassed, but you'd at least take what... I stood there still clapping you. We sang You'll Never Walk Alone. We tried to get behind you and get the message that, don't worry, lads, we'll continue to be there for you. We're going to go through possibly even... I mean, let's be honest, it's going to get worse before it gets better. But don't worry, because we'll be with you through all of that. And when it does get better, we'll still be here. We'll, tr- like, you know, our next away game, don't worry, we'll all be there still. You'll still have ends crowded full of Liverpool fans. I just, I would have liked the appreciation to the fans for you to walk over. And we don't get that from all of our players. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't like that, to be honest. I thought it was, I thought it was wrong. It's easy when you're winning, isn't it? It's easy when yeah. you're winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you're right. I, I didn't like it when I saw your video that you posted, Chloe. Um, got a quick break to go to in a minute before we do. I've got a super chat from Michael. He's thanks very much, Michael, with the £10 super chat. Kiss up he says, We're walking onto the pitch one nil down before every game at the moment. They look scared to death of making a mistake. And because of that, they're making a ton of mistakes. Yeah. It does feel like... There's no the, bravery, Steve. And it's, that's it's, what it comes down to, mate. You watch, stuff, you, watch, you watch them with the ball at the feet, Steve. Um, that matter pass for they're, them. They're, they're just... They're shit scared of making mistakes. And and that's causing them to make mistakes. But, it's a vicious you know, I, I want them to be brave in possession. I want them to trust each other. I want them to fizz balls into each other. But every pass is five yards away from the man. It's hit, what, Who was the fella who absolutely... Bombed it at somebody on the edge of the area. And oh my god! It was Nunes to like Gakpo or someone, wasn't it? And you're like, well, what's going on here? Like, you know what I mean? And <laughs> no one, no one wants gonna... to beat a man. No one wants to try and change the game state and, and moving it on. Other than the centre-halves. it shouldn't be just the centre-halves who go yeah. running with the ball at the feet. Naby's got the ability to slalom through players. You know, Thiago's got the ability to beat a man and go past the player and change what's happening in front of you. But there, there is a lot of stupidity on the football yeah. field, highlighted most, I think, by Darwin Nunes getting himself eight yards offside and continuing his oh, run yes. when there was uh, Gakpo on the ball and he played Salarin. Like, that's stupidity. Like, just running and just, like, stop Forrest, stop. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Did you see that one? From yeah. The... Oh, my yeah. days, mate. I think, I think yeah. the, all the points you make are exactly right. What's happening is they try that ball into feet. The guy on the other end doesn't read it, and then the team go and score. And it, it's perceived to be your mistake. So ah. the next time you get the ball, you're a bit reluctant to do that. There's a there's a ridiculous lack of confidence Fear in of the failure, at the moment. I always say, Steve, these do the mentality monsters because they, they could cope with anything. You could do what, I always say, like, do it like a boxer with a good chin. You could hit them and hit them, hit them yeah, but they yeah. didn't go down. They come back at you at the moment. Yeah. You got a weak chin, and you can wobble them, and then and then and then they don't and they don't recover. And we let a goal in five minutes, and you know what shit happens sometimes. It, it's happening too much, but it can happen. But we look, we are rocked for the next 15, 20 minutes. It's actually we don't we don't do anything until half time. We come out after half time and show a little bit of something. Hey, why aren't you doing that from the start of the game? Is the first one, yeah. but it does feel like I, I, I stick with you on this one. Stays like they are a team where you can wobble early and have. That's, I haven't been saying about the Egg and Klopp teams for a long, long time. It's like you can, you know, in times where I always said we've got a bit of a soft underbelly Liverpool. Brendan yeah. Rodgers aside, had a soft underbelly for, for every single game they went into. 
this side hasn't, but now they have. I've said Gomez makes a mistake and it affects him for the entire game. He can't brush it off. No. Matip feels to be in the same way. We we are a team now who we haven't got a chin. We, we, we're suspect and we know we're suspect. And that you know if, if you don't want to get it, it's you're scared of getting it. Yeah, yeah. Because you can't cope with it. But also once you do get, it, you can't cope with it. So it, it, it's like, there's a lot of mental fragility. It looks like anyway. So if you continue with the boxing analogy, when Alden. Henderson, Fabinho, was a guard and it was the best guard football had at the time and nobody could get through it because it suffocated you and it pressed the life out of you and you got knocked in and it bullied you and it made you play the way they wanted you to play whether you tried to or not. Now there's nothing there. What we, what we under our side. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> but like, uh, uh, the old rope-a-dope <laughs> thing got chins like Amir Khan all of a sudden haven't means one bang and you're gone. It's it's uh, and Amir Khan taking shots. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's used to that. For you. The, the, this 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 team looks like a team that don't want to be there. They, they, they go out on the pitch and they look like they don't want to be there. And you know when you, like you look at Arsenal, at the top of the league, there'll be players playing through through little niggles and things with Arsenal. Yeah. We did it when we won the league. They're guaranteed. I mean, I, I coached at a, a lower level. I hated it when the physio turned up because those people didn't fancy it. Would find a way to miss two weeks. We've got a little bit of that going on at the moment and the lads are going out there at the minute and they're not going out there with this idea that we're invincible. There's no singing in the tunnel like they did in 84 and all that stuff. They're going out there now and they're in, they're genuinely scared of what might happen and they're scared of making mistakes and, and that point that was made before, if you if you think negatively, you perform negatively. If you think positively, there's a saying, isn't there? Positive things happen to positive people and it's absolutely spot on for where we are right now with the, with the team. So... The, the point was we were going to try to find some solutions. I don't know if we found have we thought of anything. Chloe wants a few people to boot a few people. Is that was that about it really? Good I just want counter attack. Oh, counter attack. I want people to scream at people. Yeah. If you're doing something wrong, I want you to tell them. I want you to direct where people should be. If you've got two men, don't just stand there silently. Let someone know. Jeez, sure that's a really good shout because the goal when Lewis Dunk heads it back across for the goal against Brighton, we mark zonally. But if you two are stood there and there's no one in your zone and I've got three, I should be telling you to yeah. get in here and help me and we're not doing that. So Improve the communication, kick a few people, maybe get my Phillips in. Play to <laughs> our <laughs> strengths, Steve. Someone does a lot, play, isn't play to, play to our strengths. Top conceding the first goal in five minutes. That'd That'd be be great. Yeah. Maybe give them some smelling sauce before they go on the pitch. Just slap the faces a bit. Like, I don't know if they're allowed to do that anymore, but like wake them up with a bit of caffeine or something. I don't know. Yeah. Where's them inhalers? Where they, where they gone? Get them back on, get them back on the go. Yeah, it's, it's, it's mad, really, isn't it? Right, then, in part two, we're going to actually... That was a long part one. We are going to be talking about Jürgen Klopp. Um, it's the mean that his body language, how he's been acting in press conference, all that kind of stuff. We're going to have a big chat about it first. I want to give you a heads up about our newest YouTube show. Yeah, we de- debuted it last Thursday. It was the first United Pint. It was me, Paul, and Chris. We had Adam Rowe and James Sutton in. I, I enjoyed it, Chris. It was, it was a great show. It was a really good show. Hopefully, uh, it continues to go from strength to strength. But yeah, we had a little chat about... Um, was it? it was Rate My Take and all that kind of stuff going on. And yeah, here's what Adam Rowe had to say about Lewis Garcia's famous goal back in 2005. The final rate my take is going to test us all to our very limits. I'm adamant that all Liverpool fans are fully aware Luis Garcia's ghost goal didn't cross the line. No, it crossed the line. It, it, it defo didn't cross the line. It didn't get, like, if you're talking about, like, percentage of ball that needs to cross all of the line, it didn't come close to crossing cross the line. Like, that, that ball that nearly crossed the line in the Man City game a couple of years ago, it was like a millimetre when John Stones cleared it. That crossed the line. 40% more than <laughs> the Lewis Garcia goal did. Yeah, like, yeah. It, you can see it. It, yeah. it didn't go over all of the line. It can never be proven, even though it was. They got, like, computer 
You know how it can be proven with video footage. By looking. With my eyes. Do you want the actual truth? I knew it didn't cross the line on the night. I watched one replay and I was like, fucking hell, we got away with that. If you want the actual truth, we've been lying for 18 years. Welcome back. How seamless was that? Just in time. Actually cut it fine, but yeah, I got there in time. Right then. Done. What? Did you wash your hands? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I absolutely did, yeah. Um, right then. The near hands, are you? Yeah. And no, my pants aren't wet. Yeah, no, it is. It's absolutely fine. Don't worry about that one. Right then. Yeah, first night fine. Get yourselves involved each and every Thursday, 7pm on YouTube. And then afterwards... <laughs> Get off your phone. And then afterwards, we've got um, Red Men Uncensored as well, which which basically is the stuff we can't put out on YouTube. And that got, that did get quite uh, controversial. Actually, I watched that one with you guys. I got bumped off that one, but I did watch it. It was a good show. Good show. So yeah, come and check us out Thursday at 7. Put it in your calendars. Come and join in. Really good fun. Um, before the break then, Chris, we were talking about oh, what's wrong with Liverpool. But I want to speak about Jürgen Klopp. And I've, I've entitled this one, like, should we be worried about Jürgen? Because his demeanour has changed considerably, and rightly so, he's under a bit of pressure, he's, he, he, he's, he's sad, he, he, doesn't, he, he wasn't expecting this, it's come to a surprise, but yeah, um, do you want to, obviously his press conference got a lot of um, uh, a lot of comments about how he acted in that press conference, I'm going to bring a clip up now, obviously he, he reacted to James Pearce's question, um, yeah, I'm just going to roll that now and then we can have a little chat about it in a second. Do you think you did, sorry, I was going to say, just, that has been a theme throughout the season, starting so slowly, it, do you it, I know you said you can't explain it, but is it, is it, is it a mentality thing? Is it, does it make you look at how you prepare for games? The fact that they can then start a game so slowly when you've had a whole week on the training field? It's very difficult to talk to you, but if I'm 100% honest, I would prefer not to do that. You know why? For all the things you wrote, so if somebody else wants to ask that question, then I answer it. Yeah, and if not, you ask it. And then I, can you say it again, please? Yeah. There's Jürgen then, I, I don't know, Chris, like, I get it, he's, he's, he's a bit pissed off and things like that, but, I mean, I'm not even sure James Pearce had written anything this week, it turns out, I think Mel Reddy had wrote something that was pretty scathing, I don't know if he, he'd got his wires crossed, I think, I think James Pearce asked himself, wasn't he, on, on the Athletics, like, comment section, like, have you been blacklisted, and he was like, no, no, I think it might have been a misunderstanding, yeah, 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 but either way, like, if Liverpool are winning every game, I'm not sure he, he's that annoyed at it, I think he's called them out on it in the past, didn't he? I think they had, that, they had a bit of a riff around, when we beat Man United and saying Liverpool were screaming for a red card and there was an article that was written in The Athletic. I'm not sure he's, he's their biggest fan, if truth be told. But, I don't know, it, I, I always think when managers start having a go in press conferences, it's, it's like, it, it, maybe it's, it is something to do with pressure or like mood, I don't know. It just, it feels unnecessary if nothing else. It's frustration boiling over. That's all it is. Like, I can, it's, it's, that's human emotion, isn't it? You know, you should be able to, I think, you know, hold yourself back a little bit better than that, but it shows to Jürgen's showing me what the players aren't right now. So I'm all right with that, to be honest with you, Steve. Um, I think it's important. I'd like the players. We just said it a minute ago. We'd like the players to show more of a reaction. Well, we're seeing it from the manager. We're seeing that it's pissing him off. He's di he's disappointing the fans. He doesn't like that. He's getting frustrated with the questions being the same each and every week. He's frustrated that he hasn't got the answers yet, and that I think is just clearly showing itself now and you know at the best of times Jürgen doesn't like press conferences at the, at the worst of times he will absolutely hate press conferences and but what the thing that at the crux of it that's probably pissing him off is his players aren't doing what he's asking them to do and it's making him and, our, and us look bad and that's 
that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. This is exactly what you want. If I didn't, I see a manager who's pissed off, not resigned to defeat. He's pissed off that they're not doing what they're saying. He's pissed off that they they seem to just go into games. He's pissed off that they concede nearly. He's pissed off like a fan is. So that's fine. I'm okay with that. I really am. No, yeah, like I like say, he's he got every right to be angry with his players. What what's coming to me about Steve? I'll come to you first. It's like there's almost like a bewilderment on it. Like he's he, he's like. I think he pretty much said, I don't know why this is happening. He said, I, I remember saying, those 12 minutes, I think he kept saying, that is not allowed, that is not allowed, that is not allowed. Well, it keeps happening, so it's even not allowed. You know what I mean? Like, this is the thing, it feels like he's he's had a bit of a loss. And, and he, that, for the first time in his career, probably certainly his Liverpool career, he's, he doesn't. It feels like he hasn't got the answers or he doesn't really... Mm-hmm. Like, Usually, like in the past, when we were crappy, they'll always be able to say we didn't defend this properly, or we didn't do that properly, or, or there was always a tactical reason. And he was really good at explaining. That. Like I said, I used to quite enjoy his press conferences. Now it feels like he doesn't really know because he's it, like, I can't, I can't put my finger on it. And again, that must be quite frustrating for him, which is maybe why you see things like that where he boils over a little bit. Yeah, first of all, that's a concern that, that those are his answers because as the manager, he should have the answers to those problems. More importantly, he should be dealing with them. We've been wheeling him out now for five months in a very indifferent season. He's having to answer a lot of questions along those lines. He will be frustrated. He will be bored of answering those questions, as Chris quite rightly says. He's not a lover of press conferences anyway. It's, it's all doom and gloom at the moment. There's not a lot of positives within the press conferences. He's a philosophical guy by his nature. You have to be to, to work with the levels of, levels of investment that, that he's working with. You have to be quite philosophical to go, I'll work with what I've got. But it's even stretching him. This will be probably the hardest spell of his of his career, even at Dortmund in the seventh season when things went went wrong and they recovered it a little bit. Um this is mid project, the Dortmund thing, that was the season he was leaving. So the kind of wheels came off. When you say I'm I'm going at the end of the season, there is a drop off that happens. That's why clubs have stopped doing it. This is if you sat down now and you could speak to him on a level, he'd tell you this is probably the hardest time in his career because Eight months ago, we were on the precipice of football in immortality. You cannot believe where we are right now based off, off the back of that. But when you sit down, I've had people say injuries. When you sit down and look at your squad prior to the new season, you have to say, right, we've got nine midfielders. Who can we rely on? Who can we rely on, Chris? This guy gets injured. This guy gets injured. This guy, 32, 470 games into his career, we have to manage his minutes. This guy bit of a bad start to the season we have to watch that the squad evaluation for me wasn't wasn't correct in, in regard that you have to look what you're facing in the, in the forthcoming season teams around you will improve we didn't we stagnated we stayed still we bought Darwin Nunes to play up top that didn't do anything I know I'm saying the stuff we've already said before that didn't do anything for the midfield at all he will be a frustrated be furious about what he's just witnessed and and to some degree, not able to put it right because the players sometimes need to answer those questions, not the manager. And as you've all sort of alluded to in the conversation, they go out on the pitch and they don't look like they're bothered. And the only way you can solve that is, is to essentially change the players. Mm. And we know he's hamstrung by the, the finances. One of the worst things that might be for Jürgen actually is that he's got the answers, but the players aren't doing it. Correct. So it's looking like he hasn't got the answers. Mm. That must really frustrate him as well. If he's saying go out there and do this and they're doing something completely different, he's going, I've given you the fucking answers to the exam. Why didn't you use them? How did you fail the exam? I told you this was going to happen. 
this is exactly what we planned for all week. And I think the other thing with that question, which I find quite interesting, is there was a little nod to you've got a week on the training ground here, Jürgen, why haven't you improved it? And I don't think he liked that either. The whether he read no... the article or he didn't, whether it was his article or he didn't, you're now questioning him as a coach. And I don't think he liked that either. On that though, Chloe, I thought it, I actually thought it was a, p- a particularly valid question. Yeah, we do keep starting slow. We do keep letting the first goal in. I don't think that, I think James Pierce is quite within his that, rights that's, to say that. That's, I I agree. Yeah. But if if you throw on the but you've got a week to do this thing, that's where I think it gets at you. Okay. Well, yeah. I'd I'd like to go and ask Jürgen what he'd done in that month of pre-season in the mid-season. What what did you do? Tell me because I've not seen anything. And whether it's you or the players. Give me someone that's not Andy Robbo who's had to answer every other question. Give me someone else. Give me someone else to come and answer. Alison out the other day, but it was... Just, it was but Alison, yeah. I, I actually liked what Alison said. Um, I, it's a valid question um, because you have had a week and you've had a week where you, you could also have rest days if you really needed it. Um, I, yeah, I, 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 I don't know what they did in that week, but evidently it wasn't good enough. Um, but it, it comes down to a mixture of Jürgen, he doesn't like the media. He doesn't like. He's a very private and quiet person. Sadly, he's in the wrong job because <laughs> yeah, that's you have to literally be ridiculed every day of your life um, about your job. And the thing is, is when the players don't look like they can either do what you want to do, it, the drop off is what gets me the most because I sit here. I don't know how you've. It, it, it's got to be the biggest drop off I've ever seen in football in any athlete actually in any like sport this is and maybe that's because I'm literally so close to it and so passionate about it I don't think I've seen anything quite like the Liverpool from last season and where we are now or the Fabinho from last season and where he is now I don't understand what the hell has gone on and I don't know how we fix it and it's all right for me not to know how we fix it but Jürgen has to know and he either doesn't have a clue either does have a clue and we can't do it but even then, sad if they can't do it that way. Change what you're doing. Do something so that they can physically do it. Then, Chris, can I ask you a question? Like, we we don't see much of manager. Like, you know, we know it's like with 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 all this kind of stuff. The one time when Jürgen gets to speak publicly, it's always to a camera. It's always to a reporter. It just it, 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 Jürgen never just speaks to people. You know what I mean? Like that. We 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 get our interactions with Jürgen Klopp. I mean, we as not just Redmen. I mean, we as the like Liverpool supporters. It all comes through press conferences, or it comes through a pitch side interview, or you know, pre-game, post-game with Jeff Sheaves on Sky or whatever it is. Like, should we be asked if he's been a bit? He's, he, he literally admitted he went on Mike. Uh, I think it was Mike Calvin's podcast, wasn't it? And basically says, I don't like press conferences. Don't don't enjoy them. We get that he doesn't care about them, but like, should we care? Are we actually should, should we be asked? Like, because I think you can see him. You can see the mood change. I say I don't care if he, if doesn't like a reporter, so I'd tell him whatever. Fill your boots. You're a big man to do. It. But it's what it, it's what the, it's the message that that portrays to everybody else. This is the man who's like, he's the leader of the football club. Like you know, there's 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 something to be said for you know remaining calm and remaining level headed, whether you win or lose, and, and being quite steady with it. Because he is such an emotional man, like I wonder if that feeds into. Because like all I came back off the off the back of that one with with James was like something's going on behind the scenes. It's not right. Jürgen's not right. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he, and all this all, all this conjecture comes around of it, and it's just the fella being himself. But like, do, do you think that's something that he doesn't even really consider? Should he consider? I don't know. I think he's a little bit more calculated sometimes than we do give him credit for. Okay. I think when you look at what Jose Mourinho was able to do for years, you know, everybody knew he was deflecting from. 
fragilities of a squad sometimes and, and stuff like that. He hasn't got the journalists talking about the squad. He's got the journalists talking about him. And it could be that he his plan was to be a shield for the players this time around, kick them privately, and in 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 the press conference, obviously take the heat off them. I don't know whether that's the truth, to be honest, of the matter, but it could be something that he's done because we know he, he can use the media however he wants to. It felt a bit more emotional than that, if I'm being frank. It felt like a reaction to something. But like, if he wanted to... What I can't understand is him getting the reporter wrong. Like, it's Jürgen Klopp. He's a really clever bloke. And he's got a fucking great memory. Like, that... That that stinks a little bit, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> could be that could be that his mind's still on the game and what, what he's be. disappointed with, and, and that blares him a little bit. It's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, the moment for me, the moment he comes out and throws the team under the bus, he will lose the dressing room. That's yeah, not the thing yeah. to do right now. I am bored of it, though. I can't. I can't. Like, I absolutely love Jurgen, but some of the things he said in the last several. Like several weeks and like deflecting. I totally get it, but I'd, I'd rather you just come out and say, just "Yeah." Answer the damn question, man. I'd rather him just say, "Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, he? we're really not good at the moment." Come on, um, yes, so don't get fined. I'll give it that. One. Give it yeah, that one. like <laughs> he, he can just be honest and just say, "Look, we're in difficult moment. We're clearly not playing how we want to play. It's not good enough at all." And you can, I mean, we we say that did he not? A, did people not assume he had a dig at the midfielders or the work rate of some by talking about the body language of players? If you can talk about the body language of players, let's just come out and be honest. And you don't have to pick individuals out. Just say on a whole, we're crap at the moment. It's a real, it's a real struggle. I'm still the man to get us out of this, and these players are still the players who will get us out of it. But right now, yeah, yeah, I can't sit here and, and and look at that performance and and think, okay, well, there are some positives to take because I could not see a single positive. What's there's interesting a thin line, sorry, there's a thin it? line between being honest and being uh, Scott Parker. There's well, a really being Nathan line. Jones, who... Especially yeah. when you've got shareholders who are sitting watching it going, hang on a minute, you've just savaged the value of the football club by coming out and saying, oh, crap, I get your point and I agree with you. You can you can be clever with your words and you can, you can be honest with your words, but that line between... Being honest and being Scott Parker is is, is like way too thin. You can totally, get that completely wrong. I get what you mean, but also, <laughs> if they were to get rid of Jürgen Klopp at any point, oh, good luck. You're getting you're them being made to get out of the club yourselves because if you let Jürgen Klopp go, good luck feeling the wrath of that. What's interesting was that that, that James Pierce thing, it was one minute, I think I timed it like one minute 30 into the press conferences. And then I'll be honest, I didn't listen. I, I was I found it hard to listen to everything else. All that, the full press conference is available on our YouTube channel, by the way. Or if you've listened to this podcast, go back down the feed. You'll be able to hear it all there. But I must admit, it got to like, it got near, near the end of it. And I was thinking, I can't get me off that. It was it was eating away at me. But luckily, at the very, very end of the press conference, he was asked a very quick question about his future. Uh, this is a very, very short clip. It's like five, six seconds. But here was the answer when Jürgen was obviously asked about whether he's the man and does he trust himself going forward to fix this. Do you have confidence in your own ability to turn it around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's unequivocal, Chris. It was, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And then he got up, drank his drink and got off. It was, very, it was like, came with the frog, had a little sip of his cup, and, and you know, the little me, like, that, that was the, I needed that. I don't know, I need, in that press conference, I needed, like, he was resolute, he was absolute, there was no, 
I don't know, maybe like there was no no hint. Um, he was like, I'm not, he still backs himself, which is great to see because he should. He's yeah. a, I love him so much. He's the best. But like, it, it was. I thought it was quite nice to see him stand up for himself a little bit. He was still agitated. He was still pissed off. He didn't like the question beforehand because the question before was, how do you fix this? And his answer was not in press conferences. So you can tell he was, he was still a bit pissed off, but he's unequivocal in his mind. He's the man. He's, he's not that one himself. Like we, he talks about doubters to believers. He, he's, he's, no, he's no doubt that he believes, backs himself fully, which, I, again, personally, I was, I was made up for. Yeah, and, and I think every Liverpool fan wants that. You know, when you when you go through the f- start of that press conference and you start to get concerned about him and what headspace is he in and all that type of thing, you do. If there's if there's not that at the end, you are walking away from that going, is Jürgen done? Like, he's looked pretty resigned on the sidelines towards the end of the game. He doesn't look himself at the end mm. of the matches, you know, in how he interacts with the fans. And then he walks out without maybe set, uh, backing up the fact that... So, yeah, of course, everybody's made up to see that, I think. Just a bit of fight today was nice, wasn't it? A little bit of resoluteness as well. Yeah, because he will be the guy that thinks he can solve the problem and every one of us agrees that he's the guy to solve the problem. It could just be he's totally puzzled as to what he's just witnessed and, and he doesn't have the answers. And there's always a, a danger of sticking microphones under managers' noses when they've just lost games of football that they don't feel they should have lost. Certainly in that manner, um, we've all done it. We've all sat at a conversation with someone and while they're talking to you, you kind of know your mind somewhere else, and that might be what's happened to him. But but really good that he was resolute, like you're saying. Resilience has always been a, a thing for a football manager to have, and, and it's nice to see that. And, and and I, for one, absolutely think he's the right man to go for. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone's anyone's even doubting that. Let's start to wrap up then, guys. So yeah, let's have a little look at him. What, what content have you been up to the last week, Chris? Why you got coming this week? Anything? Did the deep dive with Josh Williams. That's one of my main shows now, isn't it? So we've got deep dive again this week. Uh, it's going out Fridays at eight o'clock. We've changed the time. Um, so we're doing it as a premiere so I'll be in the comments during uh, as the video is streaming and stuff I enjoyed that last time actually we had a few people in there and we were just chatting about the video and stuff um, get, getting people's opinions on it was really interesting it's not something we've done on the channel very often we tend to do a lot of our content live nowadays so we get that interaction but those videos we'd always just put up um, but because we're releasing them as premiere there's a live chat and stuff like that so if you want to join us at 8 o'clock on Friday night then you're more than welcome to yeah, feel free to suggest any any topics. So last week's one was a bit. There was a bit on. There was one tactics about the change in shape of the pool, and then the, the one that was on redmenplus.com was all about Alison, one of the shining lights of a of the pool football club. If you're looking for another positive, you might have to be Pachetic because I think he might be the only one at the moment yeah. who's doing anything worth anything good. Steve, what have you got coming up? Uh, look out for Oppo preview. Obviously, we've got the, the, the much daunting task of playing Everton on Monday. Sean Dyson, but we'll have a chat with the lads from Toffee TV about that. And then later on in the week, Chloe and I are going to have a quick catch-up one of our genuine legends, so keep your eye out on the socials for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Chloe got invited to Absol down Anfield in your bottle, haven't you? It doesn't seem like a thing at the... I'd get up. I'm freezing as it is now. <laughs> Imagine me there doing that. No, yeah. absolutely. And obviously, but Steve spoke about the derby before. And the queen of the match there herself, Miss Chloe Bloxham, she'll be there in the ground, outside the ground as well, giving all the content available. So that's what you've got coming up this week. Yeah. I've got Jano Insight coming uh, on Thursday. Me and Neil Jones sitting down. I'm, I would, I'm going to ask him about the, the press conference, really, because I think he was in there as well, to see what it was all about. So yeah, I'll be doing that on Jano Insight. Um, just to let you know. <laughs> you know, they were all doing it the Carragher on me. Yeah, every one of them across the entire row. I want to know the second they all left the room, how many people went up to James Pierce were like, What was that about? Yeah. I'm sure Neil will give us the lowdown. That's on Thursday, Jeno and I do come and check it out over on Red Men Plus. Um now 
pretty much in a few minutes' time, we're going to go on Redman Plus World with the Bias Football podcast. Yeah, it was meant to be about Harry Kane breaking the 200 mark. Well, yeah, Manchester City, the news this morning about City going into, what was it, over 100 Premier League breaches or something, financial disparities. We're going to have a big old chat about that one. So do come over and join us. I can't wait for it because shock horror. Who'd have thought that what was going on? How Manchester City weren't the best commercial department in all the world. I for one. I can't believe it's been uncovered. I, I, it's, it must have become real sleuthing to figure that one out or something like fucking hell yeah so yeah we're going to have a big old chat about that one thank you so much everyone joining before I go I've got a super chat from Scott Hawks oh, what a, what a guy. $25 congrats to Manchester City I'm reading the list of charges and seeing the first 100 points that they actually deserve says Scott yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, brilliant brilliant yeah, yes yeah, that's really I'm nicking that Scott for Twitter absolutely so we'll <laughs> that one at your panel, yeah. thanks very much for joining us for this edition of the Red Men Originals podcast yeah come and check us out on plus where we're all going to have a big old chat about Man City and probably laugh at them a little bit as well because listen while the Reds are crap we might as well misery loves company let's go not Vincent company but proper company let's go laugh at Manchester City until next time I'll catch you all later guys take care thanks for listening if you want even more Bosch content and podcasts just like this go over to redmenplus.com and sign up now Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.